Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well, and our programming is available in podcast form. So if you can't catch it live, thank you for downloading the podcast, and then you can listen to them uh, when you'd like to. Well, what does it mean to repent? What is repentance? And if a person were to, say, ask that question to 100 people, there would probably be quite a few answers that would come back, a variety of answers. And people might say, well, why would I even need to repent? But repentance is needed. God's word shows us that we need to repent, and it shows us what repentance is and the value in it. And first, of course, we have to understand the fact that every human being, with the exception of Christ, needs to repent of sin. That's just the reality of mankind. We see this in Romans 5, and we have a few passages today. So if you have a Bible handy, it'd be great to get it out. We could look at these together and see what God's Word says on this vitally important topic. Romans 5, in verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So all have sinned. What is sin? Well, simply, sin is the transgression of God's law. You can see that in 1 John 3 and verse 4. It's not a mystery as to what sin is. The Bible defines it. It's the breaking of God's law. And, of course, that law is laid out in the Ten Commandments. And then, and then those uh, commandments, the principles in those commandments, apply to any situation that can come up. And so the breaking of God's law is sin. And as Romans 5 pointed out, as we've just read, all have sinned by breaking God's law, Christ being the exception. Every human being at some point has sinned. And what does that lead to? Well, simply, it leads to death. It leads to death. We see that a little further down here in Romans 6. Romans 6 and verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the great news in this, of course, is that God offers us the gift of eternal life through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But to receive that gift, we do have to be repenting. We have to be repenting and we have to have faith in God's promises. Otherwise, if we receive what we deserve, what we've earned, it's death. You know what wages are, of course. You do a job, you get paid for it. Well, when we sin, the wages, what we get paid, it's death. So we have to be repenting and having faith in God's promises. Christ talked about that in Mark 1. In Mark 1, Christ talked about that very specifically. Notice Mark 1 and verse 15. Christ said, And saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, and then he gives an instruction. Repent you and believe the gospel. 
That's what has to happen. That's what Christ said. He came preaching this gospel of the kingdom of God, the good news of the soon coming kingdom and family of God. So with that in mind, what should mankind do? Repent and believe the gospel, repentance and faith. That's what Christ said. So it's essential that people repent. And again, everybody has to because with the exception of Christ, all have sinned. Now, the Apostle Peter also taught that repentance is a must. He taught that people were beginning to hear about the gospel message that Christ preached and those that God was calling were being convicted and their minds changed. They really wanted to know what to do. How should they conduct themselves? What should they do? Well, Acts 2 here gives us the answer. Acts 2, verses 37 and 38. Peter here preached this powerful sermon on Pentecost, and people, some were convicted, and they wanted to know what action to take. And Peter told them, verse 37 of Acts 2, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So they had an excellent attitude. They, they needed direction. They asked the right people. <laughs> they asked God's apostles, what do we do? And Peter had an answer for them. Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Christ talked about the need to repent. Peter talked about the need to repent. Repentance is needed. We have to repent of sin. That's what we repent of, breaking God's commandments. Sin is the breaking of God's commandments, and that has to be repented of. So practically speaking, what does it mean to repent? How does that happen? What, what occurs? Well, notice what else Peter said about this. Further down in Acts 3. Acts 3 and verse 19, Peter says, Repent you therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Repent and be converted. The Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, which is free, and it's at thetrumpet.com and gets into these subjects with a lot of depth, which is it's awesome and you can spend time really digging deeply into these topics like repentance. But it says here this quote, God tells us there is something we must do before he will apply the sacrifice of Christ to pay the penalty of our sins. There's something that we have to do. It says we must demonstrate that we no longer wish to continue in the way of life that leads to eternal death. And we do so by changing our way of living. That change of direction is repentance. That's repentance. It's changing direction, changing the way of life that a person's leading if they're, if they're living in rebellion to God's laws. They change the direction that they're going in. We have to change our direction. That's what repentance means. It's not a one-time thing, you know, one, one repentance and then never repenting again. It's it's repentance. There, there is a, a major change of thinking and attitude, of course, but then continually repenting, continually having that attitude of wanting to change. And when we see a mistake or we see a sin, uh, we repent of it. We change and we go a different direction. 
changing our direction. That's what repentance is. It's not just feeling badly. It's changing the direction, going the opposite way. So if a person is breaking God's law, they have to stop doing that and then start living by God's law, living according to it. An example would be this. If a person was a thief and they were stealing, well, what does it mean to repent? Well, they have to stop stealing and then start working so that they can begin to help others and take care of their own needs, of course, but then give to others. So they're changing direction. They're changing direction from taking, from stealing, to one of being productive and then giving. It's a change of direction. I mean, a person could be a thief and get caught and feel horrible about it and then go and steal again. Well, that wasn't repentance. See, that was what the Bible calls worldly sorrow, where a person feels bad for a while. Maybe they got caught <laughs> or, or maybe they, they just, you know, feel bad. But if they don't change the direction, then it's not repentance. See, in that case, it wouldn't be repentance. We have to change direction. That's what, that's what we're being told in God's word. Change direction, that's repentance. And true repentance means that we surrender our will to the will of God. Now, that's a big challenge. That's a huge challenge. Surrendering our will to the will of God. There are times when, you know, we want to do something, we shouldn't do it, and are we willing to obey God instead of our own, you know, desire? That's hard, but that's what repentance and conversion is about. Christ did that. He set the perfect example. Of course, he never sinned, but he set the perfect example in always doing the Father's will. Notice Matthew 6 and verse 33. Christ gives us this great challenge. It's an awesome challenge. It says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So he's talking about, before this, if you read back a little bit, he's talking about, you know, the concerns and the worries that people will have. And he's saying, look, don't be so concerned about all the physical things. You have to plan and prepare and do your best, but don't be worried about that. The main concern, the main focus in life needs to be Seeking the kingdom of God. Practically speaking, that means doing God's will, doing his work, obeying him, living according to his law. And if we do that, then God's there to take care of those other things. But we have to seek the kingdom first. See, that's a repentant attitude. We stop seeking other things first and we start seeking the kingdom of God. That's a challenge. The, the carnal, selfish mind seeks what it wants first. But here Christ shows us a better way. He shows us the right way. He teaches us to seek the things of God first. And now that's not up to us to determine. That's up to us to look into God's word, do our part in studying and understanding what God's will is. You know, a person might say, well, I think I should do this or I think I should do that. But that's their will. That's not what God says. That's not God's will. So we have to study to know God's will, of course. And then do it. That's a challenge. Christ himself, he set the perfect example in always doing his father's will, even in his toughest trial. Always. Notice this, Mark 15, such an incredible example here. 
Mark 15, verses 33 through 36, Christ is coming up to the point where he's about to be scourged and crucified for the physical sins and the spiritual sins of mankind and be that sacrifice that we read about earlier. And that was a very challenging thing. Verse 33, it says, And he takes with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. I mean, this trial, what was about to happen to Christ was weighing on him. It was weighing on him because of how serious it was. Christ wasn't some sort of a robot that just, you know, uh, never had a feeling or a thought or whatever. He, he, th- these were hard things, and he dealt with them perfectly, but he had to deal with them as a human. Verse 34, it says, and, and said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry you here and watch. And verse 35, And he went forward a little, and he fell on the ground, and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He was asking his father, he said, look, if there's any way where I don't have to go through this, I would like to not have to go through this. This is going to be so tough. And so he prayed and he asked God, he said, look, you know, if there's any way, if there's any way, I'd prefer not to have to go through this process. But then notice verse 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. I mean, what an example. I mean, that's conversion. That's somebody that always did the Father's will, even when it was hard, even when his preference would be to go a different way. But he said, look, I'm not, it's not up to me. I want to do your will. Now, that was an incredible example that Christ set for us. Christ always obeyed his Father. Of course, he didn't need to repent because he never rebelled. But the rest of mankind, as we read about, has at some point put their own will, their own ideas, their own desires ahead of God. And we need to be like Christ. And that takes repentance. Philippians 2 and verse 5 tells us to let the mind of Christ be in us. So we look at how, what Christ did, how he lived, and we need to have that same mind in us. Now, that takes God's spirit, of course, but that's the challenge, is to let that mind be in us, to do God's will. And that means repenting. It means changing the way we think and act. False repentance will make a person feel bad for a while, but ultimately they do their own will. Godly repentance changes and no longer does its own will, it does the Father's will. That's, that's the essence of repentance. It's changing of the thinking. It's changing of the action. It's letting go of their own will and doing the will of God the Father, even when it's not easy, even when it's not what they would prefer. That's repentance. That's a deep repentance. And that's something that we have to always think about. We always have to measure ourselves against God's word. God's word is compared to a spiritual mirror. We have to keep looking in it so we can see where we need to change, where we need to be more like Christ. Of course, in the Sermon on the Mount, Christ told us to um, judge by the fruits. By their fruits, you shall know them. Right? And that includes situations we might look at, uh, an encounter we might have, 
You know, uh, we have to pay attention to um, the religious leaders that we follow. What are their fruits? He said that very specifically. But then also, we have to look at ourselves. What are our fruits? What are our fruits? Fruits are so important. And notice this important point that is brought up about fruits. Very important point in Matthew 3, starting in verse 1. It says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent you, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That same message, repent, repent, change. He said, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one that cries in the wilderness, Prepare you the way of the Lord, and make his paths straight. And down in verse 5, it says, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all of Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these religious leaders, come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So John was very strong here in what he said to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then verse 8 is the point we really want to draw upon. He told them, he said, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. So, okay, you want to repent? That's good. But then bring forth fruits of repentance. Don't just say some words or, you know, feel bad. Bring forth fruits, meet for repentance. That means change. The correspondence course says true repentance requires a permanent change of direction. It is a total commitment to a course from which there is no turning back. It is not a temporary, spontaneous, emotional response that's so prevalent today in religious revival meetings. It says you have learned that it is something much deeper and vastly more profound So as we go through these scriptures, that's something that we should really learn. Repentance is a change of direction, a change of thinking. Ultimately, it's surrendering our will to God the Father's will. And then it asks the question, have you really repented? Well, that's a really deep question. That's worth thinking about for all of us. Have we really repented? And it's a process, and it takes time. But, I mean, have have we really had the repentance that we need to really put aside our own thinking, our own ideas, our own desires, and obey God and really seek the kingdom first. There's great depth to repentance. And it's easy to be too casual about it and think, yeah, I think I've repented. Well, bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. Repentance is essential. We have to repent of sin, and sin is the breaking of God's law. What does it mean to repent? It means a permanent change of direction giving up our own self-thoughts and self-will, which is idolatry, and putting another God before God, and really doing the Father's will. Christ set the perfect example. He always did the will of the Father above anything. That's something that we have to look at and measure ourselves against that perfect example of Christ and really understand repentance and strive to change and to be like God. And then, as he said, when we do that, when we seek the kingdom of God first, everything else is added unto us. Matthew 6, verse 33, seek you first the kingdom of God, repent, change, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things, spectacular things, shall be added unto you.
If you'd like to learn more about repentance, we've got a fantastic book, and it's free at thetrumpet.com. It's titled How to Be an Overcomer, and you can request that or download it right there at thetrumpet.com. It's uh, definitely worth your time reading through that. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.